Ahoy hoy, all you delightful little ragamuffins. I'm John Miller, and you're listening to Everybody Trades. Thank you once again, and I've been saying this way too often lately, but for being patient with me as I really have a lot going on in my life lately, quite frankly, especially in the podcast space as we are smack dab in the middle of Missouri basketball. So I have to put out five podcasts a week over at Locked On Mizzou, and if you haven't checked out that podcast, you happen to be a fan of Missouri sports, definitely check that out on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your shows. But of course, this is not, this has nothing to do with Mizzou sports. This is the Everybody Trades podcast. And as you can imagine, well, I have some thoughts on this whole GameStop situation. Yes, almost everyone is aware at this point that GameStop has had a meteoric rise in the stock market. And a lot of people are asking me, why? What's the deal? And a lot of people are also asking me, much more to the point, should I get on the, get in on this? Should I buy GameStop stock? Hey, say that three times fast. But, you know, the answer to that question is, well, quite frankly, to that, la- that second question, I would say no. You should not be getting in on GameStop at this point. Unless, I don't know, you think you have an edge that I don't? Because, quite frankly, with my experience and in my 15 years of wisdom that I've now, that I believe I've built up in this business we call stock trading, whenever I have what I would call regular folks, and by regular folks, I just mean people who aren't in the trading game per se, when I have them asking me questions about something, Generally, that's a sign that the easy money has been made. If not a top, if not the exact top, certainly the easy money has been made. I think that's probably fair to say with GameStop at this point. And certainly when any stock-related story suddenly goes from the financial part of the newspaper to the front page of the USA Today, the front page of the New York Times, Hey, the front page, remember that? Remember when we had newspapers? Sorry, kids. The the top of your web page, how about that? You know what I mean. You get the point. Basically, I just want everybody to be careful out there. Now, if you want to take a small shot, that's all on you. I'm just saying I'm wiping my hands of the situation. Hey, I've got a good buddy, my frequent co-host, in fact, on the Locked on Mizzou podcast, Blake, well, he's done a pretty good job gaming some of these Reddit stocks, and he's he was in on it. He was in on it. He's been following this more closely than I have, quite frankly, the last couple weeks, so good on him for making some money, but I would just say if you are like Blake, if you are in there and you've had a run-up, maybe you bought in at 50 or or $100 and you've ridden GameStop up to 300 bucks. Well, by golly, if you're not taking at least half that off the table, I think you're being irresponsible, quite honestly, or at least undisciplined. Let's put it that way. That's just, again, that's just based on all my experience and all my wisdom because, frankly, the fundamentals of that company, the underlying business of GameStop, what has really changed? See, that's the problem. Don't get me wrong. I love seeing the sort of Wall Street hedge fund jackasses out there who short stocks with millions and millions of dollars, sometimes even billions of dollars, I don't feel sorry for them whatsoever. And I love seeing them take it in the shorts. 
I just don't want to see anybody who listens to this show get caught up in this GameStop euphoria and think, oh, I should just buy this at $300 a share now because it's going to go up forever and ever and ever. Well, I'll just tell you, again, you can do whatever you want, but I can only tell you what I'm doing, and I'm not doing that. I'm not going to be chasing this stock. I just won't be. Now, as to what actually happened and what it's what is happening here, well, let me give you a quick explanation because I get the idea that a lot of people are still really confused about this whole situation. Now, first of all, what is GameStop? Well, GameStop is quite simply a old-school brick-and-mortar retailer that sells video games. And as also as a part of their business back in the day, they would buy and sell used games from people. Games that, oh, I don't want to play this old version of Madden. Oh, I'll trade it into GameStop for $5, and maybe they'll sell it on their shelves for, frankly, $15 or $20. Hey, that was a pretty good business for a long time there, and GameStop has has retail shops all across this country, including everywhere I've ever lived, quite honestly. Columbia, Missouri, Chicago, New York City, they all have GameStops. They continue to at this till this day. But the problem is, of course, if you think about that business, well, of course, you can get video games from many more places these days, and frankly, you don't have to walk in the door. You can go to Amazon.com and order a physical DVD video game. It'll show up to your house in two days, and guess what? It'll probably be a little bit better price than what you got at GameStop. But on top of that, an even bigger trend that's going against GameStop is that, frankly, most people these days download their video games directly onto their consoles. So physical media is kind of going the way of the dodo a little bit. Now, in all in all candor, I am more of a physical media guy, when it and I'd start, still buy DVDs because, frankly, if it's a DVD that I, if it's a movie that I really love and it's one that I want to watch over and over again, well, the price still makes sense, number one. And number two, frankly, the quality, I found the sound the sound quality on physical media still far surpasses what you get on streaming media. But you know what? That was a bit of a digression there. The point is about GameStop, they're kind of going the way of blockbuster video a little bit. It kind of seems like that's a dying business. And guess what? A lot of these hedge fund guys, a lot of these hedge fund billionaires, well, they've been selling that company short for a long time, meaning that they're betting that the value of GameStop's stock is going to continue to go downward. Now, even most stock novices or retail investors, have you heard that phrase bandied about the last few days? What's a retail investor? Well, that's just me and you, essentially, non-professional investors, people who just open up a E-Trade account or a TD Ameritrade account, Ally, whatever it might be, and you just buy some stocks on your own. If you've ever done that, then you are a retail investor. But again, even you novices and retail investors understand the basics of going long a stock. And that is, oh, I'm going to buy, I'm going to try to buy this stock low and hopefully sell it at a higher price. That's the very basics of stock investing. But of course, what's the opposite of going long? Well, the opposite of the word long is short. And yes, you can short a stock as well. 
And what that means is you sell it before you buy it. The first move of initiating the trade is not buying it, but no step one is in fact selling it. Now your question might be, how do I sell something that I don't already own? Well, that's a great question. And the answer is you have to borrow it from someone else. And in this case, you're borrowing the stock from the institution, your, your broker, for instance. That's who you're doing the borrowing from. Think about it. If you like take it for example here, let's get out of the stock realm for just a second. Let's say you borrowed your friend's car for the weekend. Well, if you could sell that car <laughs> to somebody, well, guess what? That would be okay as long as you could buy another version of that car with the exact same mileage and hand it back to your friend at the end of the weekend. Now, in theory, if you sold that car, again, the car that you borrowed from your friend, you sold it for, say, $22,000 and then bought one at the dealership for almost the exact same mileage, again, for instance, for $20,000, well, then you would then pocket that $2,000 profit. Now, obviously, that's an insane example, but that just kind of goes to show you that selling short, selling a stock short, it doesn't really make a lot of sense in people's minds because what they're going, wait, how do I sell something that I don't already own? Well, that's how you do it, essentially. So what that means in reality is that when you're borrowing the stock that you have to sell short, well, that means that the institution has some power over you because they can say, hey, guess what? This isn't like a long position. Think about it. In a long position, you buy a stock. Say you buy $1,000 worth of a stock. Well, what's your risk? It's $1,000 because the stock could, in theory, go to zero and you lose everything. Okay, well, what about the other way? What about a short position? What's your risk there? Well, if you buy $1,000 worth of a stock, well, that stock, like, for instance, GameStop, well, if you started shorting that at $4 and now it's at $300, you've clearly lost a lot more than 100% of your money. So therefore, the ins- these institutions, these clearing agencies, these brokerages, they have limits on how much you can lose on these positions. Again, that's what makes a short position different from a long position is your institution, your brokerage, can tell you when to get out of the position. Whereas if you go long, it's all, you've already put up the money. As long as, Assuming you're not buying on the margin, assuming you're not borrowing money to buy a stock, you're putting up the money yourself, the cash up front, then no institution is going to ever tell you to sell. Because it's your money. You've already put it up. It's no, it's no skin off their back whatsoever. But again, a short position, in theory, you can lose way more money than you have in your account. So therefore, they can tell you to get out. Now, I apologize if that was too long of an explanation. I just wanted to make it as clear as possible. Long story short, if you take a short position, your risk is unlimited. And also, the reality is, is when a bunch of big institutions with millions and billions of dollars to throw around, if they're selling your stock short, if a huge percentage of the amount of stocks that are out there, the amount of shares that are out there to trade are sold short, well, that puts a huge amount of pressure on the stock. And maybe justifiably so in GameStop's position. 
I don't know if they're going to be around in the next few years, quite honestly. But the idea that we should feel sorry for a bunch of millionaire and billionaire short sellers, people who are essentially betting on businesses to go out of business or to do badly, I'm sorry, I don't feel bad for them whatsoever. The idea that they need some sort of bailout or whatever is completely insane to me. These people, frankly, they're the movers of the market. If anybody can manipulate the market as far as actual buyers and sellers go, well, it's probably these people. Although, actually, to be perfectly honest, you know who the ultimate manipulator of the market is? It's the Federal Reserve, of course, because guess what? When they're constantly printing dollars and buying treasuries with these new printed dollars and this and that and the other, well, that's the ultimate form of manipulation. Their interest rate manipulation. I mean, are you kidding me? That's the ultimate form of manipulation. But somehow... When a bunch of Reddit users get together, again, Reddit is a message board site with a a bajillion different topics. Uh, Really, I mean, honestly, any topic you can imagine, there is a subreddit about it. Well, this particular subreddit happened to be about the stock market. And the users in this this Reddit, I don't know, apparently some of them have have a few nickels to rub together too. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to move the market. But all these people got together and decided to buy some beaten down stocks, among them AMC Theaters and, again, GameStop. And now these hedge fund managers, you see what happens here? What happened here was called a short squeeze because, again, it's sort of a vicious cycle if you're on the short or if you're it's a beautiful cycle if you're on the long side but a short squeeze is a very vicious cycle if you are on the short side because as a stock goes up again what happens well obviously if a stock goes up really sharply that's going to cause people if there's a huge short position in that stock well then a lot of people are going to have to cover their shorts how do you cover your short how do you get out of a short position How do you close a short position? Well, obviously you have to buy. So that means more and more buying. And the deal is when your broker, when you get a margin call and your broker tells you, hey, you got to get out of this position, you have to get out of the position. There's no waiting around for the perfect price. You're just forced to buy your stock back in order to cover your position. And when that happens, again, that's just... That's just more buying that begets more buying and more buying because then as the stock goes up, well, then guess what? Other short positions are going to have to close out their positions as well. So again, it's just this cycle of the shorts just getting crushed by this endless cycle of other shorts having to close out their positions. This whole process is one of the many reasons why I almost never short a stock. Now I might take a spread position where you buy one position short another. That's just taking the difference between two stocks. That's not the same thing as having an outright short. Again, the problem with outright short positions, in my opinion, listen, there, there are lots of hedge fund guys who have made a whole bunch of money doing it. So I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just telling you that's one of those things that's a higher level than what I am willing to deal with, so I'm, I'm pretty certain that probably if you're listening to this podcast, you don't want to deal with it either. Because again, 
You're talking about unlimited risk. You're talking about just too many things that can go against you. What if a company like decides that GameStop has some property, some intellectual property, or just some real estate that they find valuable, something, well, they can buy them up and then guess what? You're screwed now. Yes, you were right that that company was dying, but if somebody buys them, buys their assets, well, now now you're looking at another short squeeze. There's just a lot of things that can go wrong when you're on the short side, and frankly, a lot more things that can go right when you're on the long side. Now, I'm always going to be a stock picker. I'm always going to look for the individual stocks that are doing the best at this moment and in the near future. But at the same time, I think we have to recognize that while, yes, the Federal Reserve is the ultimate manipulator, and I certainly decry everything that that corrupt institution does, we have to live in reality on reality's terms, of course. And the reality is, is the Federal Reserve creates a bias to the long side for stocks. Again, you print more and more and more and more money. Well, guess what? That's not just stock market manipulation. That's dollar manipulation. And the more money that is printed and the lower interest rates are, the more attractive the stock market becomes. Where else are you going to get a return on your dollars? Are you just going to throw it in the bank? You're going to put it in a CD that maybe yields 1%. You can understand why a lot of people are getting more interested in the stock market these days, especially in a world of commission-free trading and you see these kind of moves and in GameStop, you know, you're seeing I think the little guy is starting to figure out that hey, we actually have some power here that we can that we can uh, that we can actually use when we do it together. So it's an interesting time. I'm certainly not advocating that you follow along with the crowd here by any stretch of the imagination. But you know what? I just wanted to weigh in with my two cents on this particular topic because obviously it's something that the whole world is talking about right now. And, well, I figured I could just offer a little bit of wisdom from my 15 years in the business. And you know what? With all that being said, I think I'll start, stop droning on here on a Friday night and pour myself a little basil Hayden. Just relax a little bit. How's that sound? So until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Everybody Trades. Everybody Trades.